Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe, along with my co-host Mel Alva. And here's what's coming up on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe. We're talking with Janie Bihora from the Platinum Cabinetry and Stone Company. And if you realize it's time for new kitchen cabinets and countertops, and it's usually on the menu when you start thinking about remodeling, Janie will be unraveling the mysteries of what's good and what you should be looking at. One of the other things Mel and I are going to be talking about, a new uh, adventure, we'll call it, Mel, in use of shipping containers. They're utilized for a lot of different purposes. One would be called freight farms. We have info on that nationwide trend that you should know about, and it's going to be a preview of one of our upcoming guests. I want everybody to stay tuned. That and more on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe, your home for containers, sustainable lifestyle living. And uh, Mel, welcome back. We're glad to see you got back from uh, the islands. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Great to have you back here. Nice to be back. We, we all missed you. Oh, stop. Oh, it. yes, we did. You know, Colin, Colin said, Where's Mel? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Mel is snorkeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that was an attempt to snorkel. We went to Hawaii. <laughs> okay. Say that correctly. Hawaii. Uh huh. We went to Oahu. It was a great time. And, um, you know, uh, interesting. Uh, I've uh, only been, I've, I've been snuba diving, which I know is different than just snorkeling, but um, snuba uh, is where you have the tanks up on the surface and they give you a really long line that uh, for your oxygen. And it's pretty interesting, but, um, you know, we, we thought we were going out to a, a reef or some kind of a cove and that's not what happened, boys. <laughs> we were on a boat with scuba divers and we're out very, very deep. And it was uh, quite an interesting story. I'll let Jack tell it to you sometime. But it's, um, yeah, he was, uh, all he could hear was the Jaws soundtrack playing in his head. Oh, <laughs> 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 the whole time it was it was pretty scary <laughs> he's waiting he's waiting for uh what was his name on the boat that was it the the uh um oh uh i'll think of it later in the show yeah <laughs> i don't know but that was just but really that was funny. funny oh my god <laughs> but you know one of the things mel i found while you while you were out enjoying you know vacation Thank i was you. out doing you know the uh the uh, uh work to find us all good new things with containers. And I've found, which apparently has been out there for a while, but I have uh, since made contact with these great people and they're going to be coming on the show soon. It's called freight farms. I love it. And, you know, and for our listeners who don't understand what freight farms are, you know, and think, you know, the name could be misleading unless you know what they're doing with in the farm. And this is where they take shipping containers and turn them into hydroponic gardens, which you can actually grow, you know, anything in any climate. 
because they're all climate controlled. And I think, you know, uh, Mel, the next time you get hit with, well, how do you live in a container, you know, when it's all metal and it's mm -hmm. in Arizona in the heat, you could tell them, well, how do the plants grow? <laughs> you know, because they grow because the containers are insulated. Right. Just like they are if you live in them. And they are created. They actually can grow a variety of different vegetables, plant life, everything that you would need, which I think is a great idea because you could use it. Um, basically, you could put it anywhere like you can do a container home. Absolutely. I'm looking at their website now. It's uh, pretty interesting. You know, and it, it it's just, you know, and the good thing about it is that you could, it, this is uh, something that is not just localized in one area. Uh, these people are located uh, out of Massachusetts, Mel's uh, home state. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. They must love the Red Sox. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah, okay. And, uh, but they, they are uh, a nationwide In fact, You know, anybody that is interested in starting one out here in Arizona, you know, um, we be able to make contact for them and actually have them, uh, contact you and see what's involved in getting started with doing that. Because it, it's, um, we all like to, you know, restaurants out here, they love to promote homegrown, you know, vegetables, any, anything that you can grow on the ground, we always try and use it from Arizona. And that's what makes some of these uh, restaurants very special to Arizona. They don't import a lot of these things, but you could actually grow them here. And if you could grow them in a controlled environment, which, you know, when you think about it, yeah, we have a great climate and even you could control it when it's 120 outside. This is uh, absolutely, and Steve, this is pretty interesting. I don't know if you realize, but they um, they even have their own uh, nutrients and like plant growth um, product that they're using. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I mean, it's just amazing what you could do with a situation like this. And we're going to be interested to find out more about them when they come on the show, because there has to be, uh, uh, again, I'm sure someone had a brilliant idea of using containers and think about it, you know, besides the homes and everything else, anybody who wanted, wanting, who has a green thumb could do this. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if this thing is insulated. I mean, you know, you think of greenhouses and in Arizona, we struggle different uh, with our environment than what uh, back east would, obviously. But again, you know, they have freezing temperatures and sometimes we get a freezing temperature. But to have something that's insulated for them to be able to, you know, grow their vegetables is really impressive. Yeah, it's definitely going to be definitely going to be something that we're going to look into a little more in depth and bring you all that great information coming from. Uh, these people at freight farms, which is, you know, they have, um, if you check out their website, they have, check out their events. They have an event coming up on, I believe it's next week, uh, where you could go online and uh, learn more about it on there. I think it was an hour webinar. I'd have to look up the information. I could check it out and uh, let all our listeners know a little bit later in the show. We'll check that out during the break. And you can go online and you could listen and see some of the things that they're doing. And uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. We've signed up and uh, checked this out uh, myself. So this way we can bring it to all our listeners. But uh, we want to get started with our topic for today. And, you know, this is a topic that's near and dear to Mel because she is an interior designer. 
but we have uh, one of the people that I have been using for many, many years in the remodeling business when it comes to cabinets and countertops and all these kind of good things. And, you know, um, Janie Behora from Platinum Cabinets and Stone is with us. And we go back a long, long way, actually, in the days of when Direct Buy used to have showrooms all over the country. And uh, Janie, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, being on Boxcar Universe. It's been many, many years since you were on my other show. I know. Yeah, I know. It goes back. For having me. Yeah, I know. It's great. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about... uh, you know, you and how you got started. And I, I know how, um, I know platinum cabinets and stone would had e- evolved out of a whole lot of other things that you were doing. Well, I started in the construction industry, um, in my early teens, believe it or not, 17, um, in a window manufacturing business and we would manufacture and install the windows. Um, so fast forward to, that was in Michigan, fast forward to Arizona. Um, when I came out here, it was kind of like, I had was semi retired. I still have my businesses in Michigan. So I really got bored to be honest. And I got into the, um, business of manufacturing countertops via granite at the time quartz was just coming onto the scene. So, um, everything at that point was basically granite, um, some uh, other products, but they were small and few between and, you know, in comparison. And so we had a full fabrication shop down by Sky Harbor, still there today. And that's how I got involved in construction here. And that morphed into a few years down the road, it morphed into the cabinet business as well. So I was doing bathroom and kitchen remodels. And that's, and it's obviously that, uh, was sustainable because you had the basis for the countertops. And I remember going back in the day when, when direct buy was out and granite was slowly becoming, you know, uh, mainstream. And, um, all we had pretty much before then was plain Formica. And there were plenty yeah. Formica places around the Valley. I remember cause I used them. But, yeah, and that other material that everyone was using, uh, that hybrid, um, that plastic. Oh yes. Material that was very that was like the high end for a lot of the home builders. I'm Corian. 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 Yeah. Yes, Corian. Thank you, Mel. I forgot that. Yeah, um, that was so popular. We actually did Corian countertops for a while, um, along with granite, but granite quickly took over everything thing just because they started importing um some materials that were actually less costly than the Corian. Really? I mean, you know, I if anybody has ever been uh out to a uh, a granite store or any place that sells uh, de- uh different kinds of stone, quartz and granite and if you ever watch some of the the uh videos that they have that are you know, being able to be played to show people how they're cut out of, out of the mountain, I think is, is just amazing because these, the, the pieces that they tag take out are, are just simply huge. They're bigger than life when you look at them in the picture. And then they were, they were able to take those and make them into slabs. I mean, and obviously not all slabs are different sizes, but to be able to cut them and and finish them in the way they do is just pretty much amazing. And and again, I'm sure 
Cheney, right? If yeah. some of the ones that they come from overseas, what are they? How do they? How are they shipped here? They're shipped in oh, shipping in containers. containers. In containers. Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> how how it just happens to be that way. So, uh, but it's it's pretty amazing when you see them, and then uh, you know, Mel will probably have some good comments about you know some of the different types of granite that you've seen. Is you know, I've it. Everybody talks about, well, the movement in it and the way it was cut out of the mountain and the stone and that movement inside, just some of it is just really breathtaking. Yeah. Um, so let me just say there's so much more in the market right now than just granite or quartz. I mean, there is a lot of options, you guys. Um, not only that, porcelain slabs are are coming out with a vengeance. And I know that there is a company um, that they are making porcelain slabs that the material is actually completely um, from the top to the bottom. So it's it's all the way through, you know, just like a porcelain tile. If it chips on top, you've got that white undersurface, right? Like uh, and then it's exposed, but they are actually creating slabs that have the veining and the movement going all the way through. So if something ever were to chip, it all looks the same, just like granite. Yeah, it looks pretty. It, 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 that is a great attribute of the of the material. But uh, we're going to take I'm a. Sh- for that is full body, so it goes all the way through. Yeah, full so. body. Abs- absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with more with from Janie and getting into some of those other different types of countertops, but also we're going to talk about some of the cabinets that her uh, company provides for our, uh, you know, for her clients and for you, our listeners, if you are interested in uh, the uh, Maricopa County, Phoenix area, you'll be able to uh, contact Janie and we'll give that information out to you a little bit later in the show, but stay tuned. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion-meets-design sense to execute timeless interiors style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. All right, you're listening to Boxcar Universe here, and we are talking with Janie Bahura today from Platinum Cabinets in Stone and uh, talking a little bit about uh, some countertops, and we're going to get into the, a little more of that a little bit later in the show, but we want to start talking a little bit about cabinets because I know, you know, when you start replacing cabinets and redesigning new areas and, you know, um, 
I think, you know, I think one of the things that I think you both, you ladies will uh, agree with is that if you have a new area and you start designing cabinets, it's got to be functional for the homeowner and they have to be okay with it. The last thing that you want to do is, uh, well, you know, and I've seen people do this. Oh yeah, we'll rebuild your cabinet and they make their own design. And all of a sudden the cabinets come in to get installed. And he looked at him like, well, this doesn't work for me. Well, you know, maybe the contractor didn't, didn't do his due diligence to make sure that the homeowner was signed off on the design. I mean, I've not really come into that recently because, I mean, this is what I do for a living. And so we don't move forward until the homeowner truly understands. But I think technology now, because we have all of the 3D capabilities, you know, is is different from many years ago, right? Yeah. So like they're signing off, they're getting to see 3Ds, they're seeing what things really look like. You know, the 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 big part of it, I think it is, is the install and the layout. And and I think Janie will agree that, it, you know, you've got to have a good company that is coming out to put that design together. That's, you know, going to install it. Um, I've had, you know, clients that I've gone out and visited with that they can't even open up their drawers fully because the cabinet company wasn't taking that into consideration. There was maybe a drawer next to it, or then you put hardware on and then literally it's non-functional. So, I mean, there are so many factors, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. And not leaving, not leaving enough space, uh, and using spacers where you need them between cabinets to, mm -hmm. to actually give you that space to actually, especially like you were talking about where drawers come into corners, you right. know, are a problem. And then the different types of hinges. But Janie, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the different types of cabinet line that you have. Um, I have multiple lines that run anywhere from your traditional um, boxes to Euro style to inset cabinetry, um, all offering different, you know, design aspects, essentially. Um, you know, when you're doing Euro style, everything's like a full overlay. So you really don't see the box of the cabinet. Um, and then, of course, with inset, your door is literally flush with the frame. So you're seeing like an inch and a half of the box all the way around because now your door is literally flush with the frame of the cabinet. Um, and then what most people are used to seeing in general, which are about 70 percent of the cabinets out there, are just your traditional full overlay cabinets nowadays. Uh, used to be that cabinets, the traditional cabinets, you would still see some of the frame. But most of the cabinet companies have moved to full overlay, um, especially for people remodeling versus the builders putting in. The builders will try to still do the traditional cabinets without full overlay. But most of the people remodeling prefer the full overlay on the traditional cabinets. Oh, and and I think that uh, I think you're correct. I've seen more of that than not lately. Um, I think one of the things that uh, when they try and flush out the door with the face front, sometimes um, if there's any imperfections in in the cabinet when they built it or in the face frame, that the doors may not fit square. So you run into problems like that. But at least with the full overlay, you have you have that adjustment inside where you can just adjust it so everything just closes just right, everything aligns right. There's right space between the the door next door to it or the drawer front. So. Um, I think that is probably, uh, probably a little more prevalent than anything else. What do you think? What do you think? So Mel? 
Well, um, I think it's definitely an easier install. Um, and I think that a lot of the companies um, in Arizona specifically offer the Euro box or a full overlay. Uh, I am from Boston, and I will say that 99% of all of our cabinets are inset doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think most designers would tell you 100% we prefer an inset um, look over even a full overlay. Um, and yes, it is a little bit more difficult. There are a lot of lines out there that offer the inset door, but I think, um, you know, there are more companies that are doing the, the full overlay boxes and I love a good Euro box. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about it. You know, 20 years ago, um, I was designing and repping a cabinet company that was out of Italy and they were, you know, full Euro. They had the metal boxes. This was before it really became a really big thing here. But um, I think it's just personal preference. Um, I know that there are ways that they can kind of give an inset look with a full overlay, uh, especially with like a slim shaker um, a door uh, finish right now that I got a couple companies that are doing that. So it does, it does allow some room for adjustment. You're 100% right. It, it's definitely more of a difficult um, install and manufacture um, of a box in a door, in a drawer to make that inset work. But of course it looks more like a piece of furniture, right? So of course designers are probably going to pick that and you're going to see those all over Pinterest. You're going to see them on house. That's kind of the typical design look really. Mm. But, uh, and I know, Janie, you know, from our experience, there are a lot of, uh, you know, you, you do have a lot of customers that are looking for, you know, a different uh, price breaks depending on what they want to do. How's the pricing between the different lines? Well, inset being the most expensive typically, um, because it's it's harder to manufacture. It's also harder to install, um, especially in um, in Arizona because we have, um, for lack of a better word, a lot of unsquare walls. No, really? (laughs) Come on. You know, and you can't tweak the boxes of those or you are going to get some funky gaps. But you could tweak a filler. Um, (laughs) You can tweak a filler, but you really can't tweak a inset box. That's for sure. Otherwise, you will. It'll throw off the the gaps around the door and you can adjust only so much. Well, Janie, Um, too, how about countertops? Imagine. Exactly. Well, you know what? It, I would tell you that it is one of my favorite looks as well. I mean, there isn't a designer out there that doesn't love inset. Of course. Um, and But you can, like uh, Mel said, make, you know, uh, the Euro style. If you put the panels in between, it does take up some space, but you're losing that space anyway if you're doing traditional inset cabinetry um, that make it look more inset. So you can kind of get a little bit of that look um, if that's something that you desire. Uh, but I would. I would say that, you know, inset being the highest and then the, the Euro style and the traditional are coming pretty close. It's almost like the quartz and the granite. Um, it used to be that quartz was very, when it first came out, was very inexpensive compared to granite. Um, and now your quartz products are more expensive than a lot of your granites. So, you know, they've upped their game and so have with the cabinets, the same thing. So you have your traditional and Euro style depending on the manufacturer coming in really at the same price point. Wow. That's pretty amazing. 
So can I ask you something on the lines of cabinetry that you offer? Um, are you offering kind of across the board that you've got, you know, full extension, self-closed drawers, they're a maple, dovetail, are they metal? Can you tell us a little bit more about that and sure. kind of what um, what levels of the different lines and what lines do you offer? So I, I offer everything from uh, what I consider a lower end product to a higher end product. That said, my lower end product that I would sell would have to be something I put in my own house. So given that, I don't sell anything at all that doesn't have a full extension drawer glide or soft close hinges. So all the way down to my lowest product in my showroom has those features automatically. Um, so I sell stuff on the high end, like your Omega, Master Brands, um, several uh, Bel Belmont, depending on what line. So, And I sell Ultracraft. And then I sell... Um, superior out of Canada. And I have a few complementary lines that are really price conscious that are um, local or within local being California or Nevada, that we can get on a very quick basis for people who've had maybe like an unexpected flood in their house, and they were trying to get their house back together and only have like a couple week lead time to get cabinets. Um, those usually fit the bill pretty, pretty well. They are typically a out-of-country manufactured cabinet that they technically want to call manufactured in the United States because they assembly, assemble them here. However, they're really like a Taiwanese or um, no longer Chinese because no one's importing anything from China right now because there's a 300% tariff on it. Um, but Malaysia, Taiwan, they manufacture these cabinets. They're shipped to the U.S., and a lot of um, there, a lot of the pieces are very good quality in terms of the soft close, full extension drawer glides for a very short period of time, getting them made. Gotcha. Well, so Janie, do you see any uh, lines out there that are still uh, basically the boxes are uh, all particle board? So I don't sell anything that's all particle board, but we do have engineered board. Um, particle board, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know what lines are selling, quote unquote, particle board. But the engineered board, so for example, like Ultracraft uses only engineered board. When you're doing Euro style, it's, it's very uh, important that everything stays square. And when you're using plywood on a Euro style, because there is absolutely no face frame on it, if your box gets wonky, it makes it hard to install and you will actually see, you know, you'll see it in the finished product. So a lot of the Euro brand style cabinets prefer using um, the that sort of product because it has the same tinsel strength as plywood. And believe me, I've stood up on it on a horse. I literally put a piece of a sheet of four by eight across with two horses and I stood on it. And I'm not that light <laughs> to make sure that what they were telling me was true. Um, and it did. It held up. It did not crack. It did not, not um, come apart. It, the same thing happened with the plywood. Um, so it really comes down to the manufacturer and the quality of the product they use. So I wouldn't be worried about the engineered board because a lot of places. So even furniture nowadays is has a lot of engineered board in it. It's not like cut out of a solid piece of wood. They use... Um, basically a 
epoxy glue to put together the the wood and the stronger the epoxy the stronger the wood i can i so, just say too in arizona that's probably what we need out here as opposed to a solid just because of our the dryness that we have and i mean i can tell you as a designer uh, whether it's cabinets or whether it's furniture you know, you experience that quite a bit with the splitting, the breakage. And that's why when when people are doing wood floors out here, it's a veneer. It's not solid like we would have back east. There's just no way you could really could do that in Arizona without having the, the split and the cracking. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we, we don't have enough humidity. Correct. And so the problem happens that even, you know, most of these cabinets are not manufactured in dry places. They're manufactured in places that have like a 20 to 80% humidity. And so when you come to the desert, like here, it doesn't matter if it's a high end or a low end cabinet. If it doesn't have the proper humidity, you are going to have issues with the cabinetry. Um, and so what a lot of manufacturers, especially for Arizona, have been going to, and people cringe at this, but it actually is a fairly nice product is a um, either a thermofoil or an MDF door. Um, the MDF, they paint it, and it is really awesome because it can't split. So when you put four pieces of wood together to make a shaker door or a miter door, and they're painted, over time, that door is going to expand and contract, and you will see the lines in the paint. It's not if, it's when. I could so, not agree with you more, actually. And I actually tell all of my clients, if you are planning on painting your cabinets, save your money and get an MDF door. It is worth it 10 times yes. over. And they don't, but the you know people hear MDF and they freak out. Um, but it actually is, again, it goes down to tinsel strength. So it is MDF, but it is a extremely durable door. Um, and then they paint it. And the beauty of it is that you don't ever see those lines, um, you know, and it's extremely durable. I've actually, out of curiosity to see how well it would hold up, would, would abuse them, the samples to see what would happen. So I had an idea of what it would take to to truly damage the door. Um, and so, you know, it's all relative to what you're her likes and dislikes are, um, but I do think it's a very viable option for Arizona. And I think people who have paint or want to have a painted door, I think it's better than getting a mitered or a, um, you know, a, a five-piece drawer. Yeah. Or door. Yeah, that is, that. well, that that's some good information for, for people to know because I think, um, Sometimes the details, I think, on the way the cabinets are built, sometimes it isn't uh, isn't known as to the homeowners as well as they need to, and some people uh, don't explain it as well as you and Mel do because uh, they're they're just uh, it's a box, it's a cab, and, and most of the times I've ever gotten I've gotten questions. They've never asked about the, how the box was built or the door. They just want to know if it has slow close on you know slow closed uh draw guides that's it and if they're slow closed they're happy because most of the ones that i've ever dealt with they were older cabinets and they they didn't have those back in the day and uh, it was all you know you know just regular channels and slides and wheels that was it you know so uh it's um 
I think uh, the technology has come a long way. And I think, quite honestly, I think a lot of homeowners got spoiled. Well, I got to say, Janie, it's really nice to have somebody that, um, you know, I can relate to that, that has that background and that education. And I can't, I cannot even tell you how many times I've had, you know, design clients, they hire me and, and I don't think they realize maybe at first they know what they're getting when they hire me because of the level of education that I have and not only in architectural design, but in cabinetry and I'm a master cabinet designer as well. And just understanding the layout and the nomenclature and the terminology and the way things should be done. And I cannot tell you how many cabinet companies I have gone to in the Valley that they are just normal salespeople. They literally don't even know how to use whatever 2020 program they're using or whatever cabinet design software. They can't answer questions that I'm asking them and it's their line that they're selling um, and they're asking, you know, homeowners to sign off on designs that are incorrect. Um, and I, it's just, it's mind blowing to me. I, I just cannot believe the, the lack of knowledge that I have found at a, a lot of places actually. <laughs> so um, it's a uh, quite refreshing to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, especially the the poor people that work at Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff, and people bring me their their drawings. I'm like, oh, good lord, right. <laughs> where to start? Where to start? <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, people get hung up on different things. But as you know, as a designer, the most important things, and I tell the client this, is that you want it to be aesthetically pleasing, but you also want it to be user friendly. Well, so correct. if you're if you're trying to design something, I'm like, you know, I don't want to go all the way across my kitchen to get my spatula that I need for the stove, <laughs> you know, so they don't think about in terms of where things belong in general in their in their kitchen. Or, of course, you're dealing with builders who just want as few of cabinets in, in the space as humanly possible. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's just because Cost. less work from other. <laughs> they don't have to be, they don't have to put all those cabinets in that's why that's why some of the, the the luxury luxury homes have huge kitchens and uh, uh like all kinds of different cabinets you know uh assembled in a lot of different ways but uh, you know especially the larger the kitchen especially if you have an island i mean i've seen some homes that you know they the the slabs that were put on these islands were just simply unbelievable. But then you've got all kinds of different uh, ways of utilizing that space underneath. So there's pl cabinets are plentiful. It all depends on how much space you have, but uh, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, I uh, want to get into a little bit more about quartz and porcelain and some price differences and what might be right for you, our listeners. So don't go away. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Star Building Supplies 3 Valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. 
All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe, and we are talking with Janie Bahura. And uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, cabinets and countertops and uh, want to just touch base a little bit more. I'm talking about countertops because uh, a lot of people, you know, it, uh, depending on what, how much money they spend on a cabinet, obviously, the, that's a, I think the three biggest expenditures, obviously, when you redo your kitchen is uh, obviously cabinets, countertop, and appliances. And those three all have to be in sync because I know Mel and Janie would never, ever design a kitchen without knowing, hey, did you ask that question? Did you guys pick out your appliances yet? And if the answer is no, you're in trouble because you're not going to get any design built. (laughs) That's for sure. For sure. (laughs) Absolutely. But um, Janie, tell us a little bit about, okay, so we touched base on uh, uh, granite. And then why did quartz become... uh, of, of an upcoming thing and then surpass granite. One word, Cambria. One word of, say that one more. One more time. Manufacturer, uh, uh, Cambria. Oh, Cambria. Cambria. Yes, absolutely. Cambria came out with some absolutely beautiful, for lack of a better, better word, quartz stone. And they advertised the heck out of it. And everybody's seen it in every magazine. They have a phenomenal marketing company. And the more they marketed it and the more that people seen it, the more they wanted it. Interesting. You know, and I think um, like I was talking about during the break, a lot of the clients that I've had, they uh when they did choose cords, they I they looked at it from a maintenance perspective where they didn't have to do a whole lot of, you know, uh maintenance on that. Once it was down, it was down, unlike granite where, you know, they recommended it be sealed every year. Well, initially, you know, the selling aspect of it, when they first was introduced to the market, that was their whole premise. That was the entire selling point of quartz is that you would not have to seal it. There was no maintenance to it. Um, The only downside was basically heat. You know, you couldn't put a hot pan on it. You couldn't, you know, if you spilled coffee under your coffee maker, you needed to remove it immediately or you might risk staining it with the burn in the coffee. Um, but that was that was the initial marketing. That's how they brought out quartz to the world. Um, but Cambria changed that because a lot of the quartz initially that came out was a 70-30 split. And what I mean by that, it was 70% granite and 30% polymer. The polymer is what protects the stone so that you don't have to reseal it. But the polymer is what also burns. So if you took a hot pan off the stove and set it on the quartz, you could see, you know, basically sear a round circle into your stone, making it useless and having to be replaced. Um, Cambria, when they hit the market, they are 93% stone and only 7% polymer. So they changed a lot of the game. Not that you still can't put anything hot on it, but it would take a lot longer to damage the stone versus what we initially seen in the market when it first rolled out. So it no longer came about sealing. Now it actually came about, you know, beautiful designs, no flaws, you know, with natural stone, depending on how you're looking at it, it could be quite beautiful uh, and flawless, or it could be very flawed. (laughs) So depending on, you know, customer's idea of it. And then once we rolled into a market that was like, people wanted to have whites, well, whites, what comes in white? Marble. And marble's upkeep is 
quite extensive. You have to be really good at maintaining marble to keep it looking nice over time. And so quartz really filled that niche um, spot in the sales market, and it's just exploded ever since. It surely gives a lot of uh, options for for a homeowner to choose from. And I think, you know, just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just old school. You know, you think about, I wouldn't put a hot pan on any countertop. I don't care what it was made out of, especially, you know, going back in the day, how many times have we seen when people used to have, you know, the, uh, the Corian or even, a, you know, or Formica top. And well, you know, there's a big burn spot in it and it's not going to go away. So I, those things are, I think they're just, you know, done carelessly. I think they should always know that they have to have anything hot. Don't put it directly on the surface. So, well, well I have something to say about that. Okay. Okay, Mel. All right. <laughs> I've been, I've been waiting for my chance. Mel, Mel's got kids, so yes. let's hear it. Well, I know no, it's no, no. My boys are older and that's really not what I, I mean, as a, as a designer, let me just say this. Um, I think quartz is an amazing product, right? Uh, it depends on the application. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of quartz the way everybody seems to be because they think it's super low maintenance. You know, the one thing that as a designer, I can't stand, it looks great when it's first done and give it about six months and then you start seeing all of the seam marks everywhere. You can't change the seam of a white marble looking quartz on a countertop. You're always going to see that weird little black line. I don't care how good your fabricator is because they cannot sand or polish the top of that, that quartz. It's fake, right? And so I've encountered that. Um, I don't, I, I personally don't like that. Uh, again, I'm from Boston and let me just tell you, you know, all of Washington DC is, is marble. Uh, most of Boston is marble (laughs) inside, outside, everywhere. And, um, you know, yes, it takes maintenance, but it lasts a lifetime. I mean, go to Greece, um, go to Italy. But, you know, for me, uh, it's it's more of um, I do prefer a natural stone. I think no matter what, um, the porcelains, I think, are amazing. But I think you really have to figure out what your client really the wants and needs are. Because, again, just like you said, Janie, you know, there are there is a lot of pluses to the the, the man-made uh, stuff. But then there are also some downsides to it as well. Um, and I think it's just trying to figure out, you know, what your client wants. Um, you know, right now I have a client that wants to backlight um, countertops. And of course, you can't use a, a fake man-made quartz for that. You're using a quartzite, which is even stronger than granite, uh, but it is a natural material. So I think it just really depends on on your specific client and what the needs are. But I love on a natural stone, it's a lot easier for them to hide those seams um, and any lamination that they have to do for any edging. It's also easier to repair. Correct. That's my two cents, guys. Sorry. That's okay. No, we want your two cents. That's actually very good. Um, two cents. I I would hundred percent agree with you on the seams. Um, you know, you can pull them together, but you will never get it. It's like putting two sheets of paper on top of one another and spreading them apart. You always know there's two sheets there. Yeah, you can't hide uh, it. Granite, when you pull it t- together, you can polish it out. 
And is depending on your application, if you butterfly it, you can almost not even see it. Someone's got to try to find it. I mean, you know, not that you wouldn't be able to find it, but you wouldn't definitely notice it just by looking. Well, I'll tell um, you again, it just depends on the application and I'll give you a, a little a little synopsis of what's going on in my world right now. You know, I have a client that just hired us and and um, they are doing a renovation on a home that they just bought in Arcadia. And, you know, they paid a significant amount of money for this house and you walk in and I think to the average person, you're probably going to say, wow, this is really nice. But, you know, from a designer's perspective, you walk in and you can tell that it's tile, you know, looking wood tile from Home Depot. They went right up to the baseboard, didn't even put the baseboard on top of the tile. It has all quartz countertops and you can see the seams everywhere. And it's a, a home, you know, shaker railing, total builder basic, every single thing in this house. And I am just shocked <laughs> that, you know, the, the, the builder was building this way. And in such a, a nice neighborhood and for what they sold it for. I mean, good for the builder. Um, not so great for my client who really, you know, they appreciate and then they like nice things and now have to update the entire house. Oh, uh, yeah. Doing that kind of stuff that that's why I always say, you know, when people, they, they think that higher end luxury homes are built better than homes that are maybe on a lower end of the scale. But when you get down to it, you know, you've got the same framers, you got the same drywall people. It all depends on, all depends on if the builder is, has attention to detail, but the basic framing, drywall, plumbing, all that stuff is going to be basically done the same. But it, when it all comes down to it, it's the finishes I think that really count. Absolutely. You know, choices that you make on plumbing and everything else are, are, are really important. But uh, we're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, remodeling your kitchen, the stages that you need to do in design. And also one other thing, you know, if maybe you have, a, we didn't touch on, if you have a, a small bathroom that maybe you need a countertop for. And I, and I can attest to this, Janie has uh, wonderful pieces um, in the boneyard, small pieces where you don't have to buy slab, full entire slabs, maybe for a smaller kitchen, uh, I, should, I should say bathroom countertop. So those are other things to consider along the way that Janie can also help you out with. But we'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. You may not believe this, but smart home technology can be traced back to 1975 to the first home automation platform when the X10 was invented. In 48 years, things have come a long way. To truly have a smart home today, the homeowner needs to make a smart decision and call a premier high-tech company. That company is Mythic Sound, Lighting, and Shade. Mythic can simplify your life with home automation, home security, home theater, Lighting and shade plus outdoor and indoor home audio custom designed to fit your lifestyle. For the finest in products and services, visit their website at mythicsls.com. That's M Y T H I C S L S.com or call them today for a free consultation at 
602-329-4252. That's 602-329-4252. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe. And before we get back to our discussion with Janie Bohora, um, you know, Mel, one of the other things, too, I wanted to let you know, I did have a discussion with uh, one of our guests the other day uh, from United Tiny Homes who had that uh, uh, new whistle-stop RV park up in uh, Prescott. And it, she said, they have been nonstop since the grand opening. People are interested in putting their tiny homes and RVs up there. And it's just a great way to get rid of the, you know, to get out of the heat. And it's a great area. It's a that's, great area. But they've been great. very, very busy. And um, one, of, uh, one of Mel's and I uh, potential clients is interested in a, a tiny home from there. So, uh, it should be interesting and we'll be able to get some firsthand pictures and some other stuff too, when all that happens, but, uh, they're doing quite well up North as it's not quite as hot as it is here in Arizona. I don't know what other other listeners are dealing with throughout the country, but you know, we are just at the, at the preface, the precipice of triple digits. So it's, it's going to be getting really warm, really fast here. So it's pool time and maybe even for a container pool. Yes. Time for a container pool. And that'll get you, that'll get you some points with uh, the rest of your family, but then you've got to be careful. How many do you let come over? Yeah, well. <laughs> there'll be a limit how many people have to come in the pool, but everybody, can, oh, he could alternate, alternate, uh, family members. There you go. There you go. That'll work. Janie, you can come over anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think it's beautiful up North in the summertime. Yeah. But, um, I actually enjoy being out on Lake Pleasant. So that's where I spend my time and it's a shorter drive back. Oh, okay. You there got you go. it. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, in, 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 and I know you and Mel have gotten this down to a science because, you know, you, you've seen a lot of different homeowners wanting to do, you know, you know, I, I want to remodel my kitchen or I want to remodel my house, but they have, they have no idea. They have no plan. They, they just know that they want to do it and they're looking for guidance. Can you both give our listeners some pointers on things to think about where to go look at things before they kind of get try and focus and down to what they really want because you know i've had customers in the past that that were like that but it's and then and then it the um the husband and wife or significant other they were not on the same page and i think it's a good idea for them to kind of collaborate a little bit themselves on what they like. So at least they know what style they like and they are agreeing upon so that, you know, we as, you know, the designer and the contractor and all that don't have to try and, you know, you know, be a psychologist and put them both together before you decide on what you want. Well, I'll go first because I would say Mel is much more sophisticated in what she's doing um, with her clientele than what you know, I'm not being paid to be an interior designer for them. 
So when they come into me, it's simple. I'm remodeling their kitchen or their bathroom. And if what I need their help on is I need pictures of what ideas that, you know, what they think they like in terms of pictures, of course, sometimes they give me pictures that don't resemble their space at all. And so you can't really do it, but I ask them to give me pictures of what they like. Then I ask them if they've gotten their appliances, because as you started out the show, you, you really have to know what appliances they're picking in order to scale the kitchen and figure out how you're even putting things in, or even if you recommend the appliances they got. Um, you know, some people's uh, kitchens are rather small, and for whatever reason, originally they had like double ovens and a cooktop, but there's no counter space left by the time all these appliances are put in there. So then you make suggestions. But I would say it's, for me, it's quite simple. I basically need their ideas that they want. I need their appliances. I need to have like measurements. If, if they don't have them already, I need to go get them. And, and then I just schedule a time for them to come in so we can kind of have an idea based on their pictures of what cabinets they ultimately would want in their kitchen or in the remodel. Mel? Oh, yes. Well, very similar um, with the exception of I can play marriage counselor at times as well. Okay. Uh, don't need that for sure, but unfortunately that happens. But, um, you know, here's here's the big thing with design. And I think, you know, most uh, real designers will tell you the same. I think in Arizona, we have a lot of people that will call themselves designers and they are, you know, stay-at-home moms that decided they wanted to go back to work and they're calling themselves designers. And it's quite shocking I cannot tell you how many times I've run into this throughout my career. Um, and builders will tell you this all the time. So anyway, uh, really, uh, you know, Pinterest, I love. Um, I tell my clients to look at photos. I want them to send me things, you know, inspiration um, from each photos. Tell me what they like. But here's the trick. What I'm really looking for is repetition because we are naturally drawn to certain colors, certain lines, textures. Um, and I'm going to see that throughout almost every single photo that they pick. And, you know, as far as cabinetry is concerned, you'll be shocked. Um, you will see them picking consistently, whether it's an inset door or a full overlay, maybe it's a floating cabinet. Um, you know, you're going to see that repetition. And so really that's kind of what I'm looking for. But, you know, I'm already meeting with the client. I'm understanding their own personal style. I'm understanding their wants and their needs. Um, and then I will accompany my clients out to the cabinet shop and, you know, go over designs with them. And, and as their designer, I'm guiding them on what I think is best fit for them and, you know, for the space, by the way. And so, you know, I think most of the time as an architectural designer, I'm not just going and I'm looking at the space as it is, say it's a remodel, you know, for instance, the job that I've got going on in Arcadia, you walk into a house and, um, you know, right away I can see that if I could just close in this wall here, remove this, put the entry here, it's better flow for the bathroom uh, or better flow for a kitchen. And the homeowners sometimes can't see that. So I'll put a design in 3D, show them, and it's it's a game changer because they sometimes can't see past that. So, you know, again, it's, it is about photos. It's about repetition, but it's understanding the client's needs and then finding somebody like Janie who is qualified to give your clients advice. Um, and I, you know, I would feel extremely confident to, to send my client in there, even if I wasn't with them, with somebody with her skill. Um, and Janie, I cannot say that for a lot of cabinet companies in town. So 
kudos to you, girl. I I mean, you like a a lot of people don't realize that you are correct. Like 80% of the people that call themselves um, interior decorators here are really not. They really are. Designers. They they have no qualifications. They just think that they choose correctly. Right. Exactly. Literally their qualifications, you know, and they don't know how the pieces of the puzzle go together. Um, I mean, like I, for me myself, okay. Like I have not gone through, like I I went through formal training for like cabinetry and, and that sort of thing, but I did not go through formal training to be an interior decorator. I do not call myself an interior decorator. Can I pick things out? Sure. But if you want something to someone like to pull together an entire plan, that's what true interior decorators do. They take the nothing and make it something. (laughs) And it's right down to the lighting, the carpeting, the the whole nine yards. If you want it all to fit, that's who, that's the person you need to hire. That's who makes that happen. Well, let me, uh, let me just interject just a little bit here. So interior designer, formal education, interior decor, decorator, no education, um, maybe just years in the business. So that's the real, uh, the, the big hang up that I have is when you have a formal education and then you meet somebody that doesn't, you can call yourself a decorator all day long. And in my world, that means you don't really have any formal education, uh, maybe right. you've been doing, you know, decorating and, and pulling, you know, fabrics and textures and things like that for clients. But a designer is supposed to be, you know, uh, versed in architectural design as well. So you're able to get into these CAD programs. Um, you have a formal education. And believe me, I've met some designers that actually do have a formal education that have no skill in CAD whatsoever. And it's a bit shopping, shocking to me, but I've run into it. And, um, you know, I think the spinoff to that is is understanding cabinet design and, um, you know, and getting that training. And so it's great that you have that. But, you know, uh, as a designer, we're supposed to look at the whole project and not just piece by piece. And I think that's the big difference um, of when a, of, of a client, you know, maybe just going to a cabinet shop and, you know, it's not really your job to be able to say, well, I really don't know what's going to look great in your dining room. And even if that kitchen is sitting right next to you, um, you know, how does that space coordinate? And I think that's why hiring a designer, uh, an actual designer is so important because we're looking at the entire space and making sure that everything works together as a whole. I couldn't agree more. And that's, I thought that's what I was conveying. Yes. That has entirely been my argument with people from like day one is that they do not put a master plan in play and then they can't understand why it doesn't all tie out at the end. Right. right. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times that's happened. And I'm like, geez, you know, if you had just invested a little bit of money to hire, you know, myself or another designer, and and then you would have that cohesive plan, it would have saved you so much time and money in the long run. But I think some people just get so nervous that they think hiring a designer is, is so expensive and that's for rich people. And honestly, it's not, (laughs) I mean, it's, I'll tell you the flip side because I've been on the other side of it where I have customers who have hired basically the, you know, the stay at home mom that don't realize that that's who they are. And it does turn out horrible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so, you know, they did pay good money to this person because, you know, that person called themselves something, but they really weren't qualified to call themselves that. And so, you know, the the, cus- the consumer was unaware 
Like they're just not, it's the same thing, you know, in Arizona, when people hire people like a handyman to do a job that's, you know, is above their pay grade. And, but the homeowner doesn't know that and goes forward with them and then can't understand why when they flush their toilet, they have hot water. You know, I think that, <laughs> I, I think, I think, you know, you ladies have inspired a new, a new saying for me for to let everybody know how I always say a homeowner with tools can be a dangerous thing. And that goes way back to when I used to live uh, in Randolph outside Boston. Okay. A homeowner with a CAD software program could be a dangerous thing. <laughs> well, could be, but they would have really have to have education on how to use that. But I know. Janie, honestly, it's uh, you're a breath of fresh air and I'm really excited to uh, do business with you and a woman in business and, and why not su- support each other, right? There you go. Janie, th- tell our listeners how they could contact you. So you can contact me. We are located at Cave Creek in the 101 and you can give our office a call at 602-551-8000. Um, 602-551-8000. We're open Monday through Friday from nine to five, and we will do weekends or evenings by appointment only. That's great. And then it, I want, I want everybody to go when they go over to see Janie and see her beautiful showroom. When you're done, you have a great place to eat next door, especially if you haven't had breakfast. <laughs> okay, I found Janie in there a few times. But uh, no, Janie's got does some great work and she has a great showroom and uh, a lot of different a lot of different things that you could see in there that uh, you could vi- she'll help you visualize it and uh, you know uh, and uh, again, I can't say enough for what Mel had said about, you know, picking, you know, an interior designer it's when you think about the whole scope of the big picture, um, if you don't choose someone like Mel to actually help put it all together and have that plan, uh, you could be paying a lot more than the fee that you would pay Mel. So I think all in all, uh, it's a good combination. And that's what we try and bring to the show every week, making the homeowners think about what they need to do, bring in the information that they need so they can make educated decisions on, you know, the, the cutting edge information that we keep bringing, you know, every week. So Janie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and uh, make sure, make sure you bring us back a souvenir from Turkey. I'm going to try and see the the, the quarries while I'm there. Oh, I'd love to see those pictures. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I want to thank, I want to thank all our listeners for listening to Boxcar Universe every week. You know, as we say, we are the cutting edge information source on container homes and container pools. So if you have any idea about, you know, making or getting one of those, let Mel and I design that dream container home or pool for you. And we're always available at um, our email addresses, boxcarliving at gmail.com and steve at boxcaruniverse.com. And also, uh, depending on where you are listening to us, whether you're on our website of boxcaruniverse.com or any podcast player, you could hear us weekly. And remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great weekend. You're a great American. I love you. 